The presenting sponsor for On Education is Classcraft. The school year is winding down and Classcraft is here to help teachers continue to make their classes relevant and meaningful. During the month of May, all new or existing Classcraft Premium users can get their summer subscription for free. That's 14 months for the price of 12. To take advantage of this deal and continue to inspire your students, simply visit classcraft.com slash oneducation. All the content all the time on on education. That's 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 our new <laughs> motto. Welcome to On Education. I'm Mike Washburn. And I'm Glenn Irvin. Friends, we have an awesome pod for you today. It's all VR and AR today on the show. We'll be talking software and devices and what you need to know to bring this awesome technology into your classrooms. Our guests this week are Kevin Chaya and Jamie Donnelly. Huge episode. Almost too much episode for one episode. In fact, so much episode, we'll have to do it in two episodes, I think. We're going to have to split them up. We actually do have, uh, we are doing Dig It or Ditch It. We are doing it next. We had to, re- we have to record it a little bit later and we'll, we'll be splitting it out because uh, we've got too much content, all the content, all the time on, on education. That's, that's, that's our new motto. <laughs> should be a sticker. <laughs> it should be a sticker. All, all the content, all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I just said, but uh, <laughs> we have, we have great stickers and that would be another one. Speaking of great, things how about how about those raptors glenn Irvin? how about those raptors i'm happy for you guys i mean (laughs) you don't don't sound that happy i I mean it's fine you can eastern (laughs) conference champions uh the eastern conference wasn't pretty big wasn't much of a conference uh this year but you guys will get to go and play your four games against the golden state warriors oh no and then and then you can go back to canada as we the north gets destroyed by the golden state warriors you know i don't even i don't even think i don't even think you can win a game right you know they're the favorites right they're not the oh they are the favorites go look at 538 go look at go look at the ratings mike the raptors are the favorites Mike, you you're you're not even you're not on the planet there uh they totally are and they have home court (laughs) advantage did you know the raptors have home court advantage i did not know they had home court advantage but they absolutely have they have a better record (laughs) they they have a better record this year than the golden state warriors they have home court advantage i believe you because they play in the eastern conference and that's probably why they have the better record yes uh they, this is going to be a thing now. I, I just know the facts that I, I guarantee there's no way that they're favored. They probably are actually such long shots that it would actually be a really good wager for you. to. I don't know if you guys uh, have those types of things as far as in Toronto, if it's legal or not. But if you do, you should put a wager on your Toronto Raptors. I am now. <laughs> and, and say, I'm gonna come because back. the I'm odds are going to be great if they do end up pulling it off by a miracle. Because it will be a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be it won't be over by the time we record again next week because the no. games are on Thursday. No, they're like spread and then, they spread and them and out big time. Sunday. So mm-hmm. game two is Sunday and then game three is Wednesday Tuesday. Yeah. So Sunday, uh when, Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday. So we will be two one game in. We will be one game in. Only one game in. Yeah. They spread we, it out when we talk. It's gonna be at least two and a half weeks three weeks minimum we'll be getting close yeah almost to isti time yep almost i i i do remember that it was it goes right into the mid-june kind of time frame so no it's good you guys are confident man and i'm happy for you and drake (laughs) you guys look like you were like having a great Uh time and i did i did i was interested though in a uh what do they call that the jurassic playground Jurassic Park. Yes, they there you go. The Jurassic yeah. Park, uh, which was an area outside of the stadium, maybe right outside of the arena. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's it's basically as, the roads. As you guys would score baskets on the helpless Milwaukee Bucks, um, who were horrible <laughs> for a number two. For a, I think they were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They were they? the number one seed. Yeah, yeah. God, they're there. That's a bad team. Um, and as you guys beat them, and I could see the people like it was like a, like people. a concert. Thousands know? of people. Yeah, it was, it was like a concert. So. Like you said, the country of Canada behind their team. You guys have mm-hmm. maybe that force of you guys' support. 
Maybe you guys the, will pull the it off. The power of the entire, the power of the entire nation behind us. Yeah, actually, most of us want the Golden State Warriors to lose. So, I mean, it's kind of getting old, an old show there. So, if I'll you guys do karma. pull it off, that would be amazing. But I'm thinking a sweep, four zero. Oh, That's buddy. my prediction. Breaking my heart. <laughs> so we're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk. I'm gonna just. I'm moving on now. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk AR and VR all day, basically. Uh, augmented reality and virtual reality. And I think it's important to point out that there's going to be a decent amount of people that may not even know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, um, including me, which I've, right. I've admitted previous to the show, and I'm doing a little recording for myself as far as for a YouTube thing. And I've just said... I don't know a lot about this, but you've pointed me in the direction uh, of some some really good information and articles and, and different things that are being done as far as the classrooms. But I think a lot of people are in the same boat. They know in a sense kind of what the two are, but they don't yeah. really have a clear idea like even what they are or what the difference is and especially what how they would go about using it in a classroom for learning. So let's do the super – like. I'm going to give you like the nuts and bolts of the difference between the two. VR is the easiest one to explain. VR, you you put a headset on and it's like you're wearing a blindfold. And then when you turn it on, it produces, uh, there are screens that are right in front of your eyes, almost like you're wearing glasses. And those screens produce an image. And because they're so close to your face, to your eyes, it appears you know, all uh, around you, like you're surrounded and it creates a, a sense of you being in a totally different world. And so that's virtual reality. It's, it's kind of like the movie Ready Player One, right, Mike? Kind of like Ready Player One, virtual reality? Actually, exactly yeah. like Ready okay. Player One. That's that's like the best example of it, you know, that's easy to, to visualize. Now, we don't have a lot of those cool kind of tools. There are actually a lot of um, interesting things happening with haptics, which is like the the, the the physical feedback that you get from being in a virtual space that's that's haptics okay um and in uh ready player one the guy's wearing like a suit that basically has multi-point touch control like he can feel what people yep. touching him in the in the in the virtual environment and it feels you feel it on your body so that's that's what haptics are and there's some stuff coming out that's kind of interesting related to that um but nothing close to ready player one yet we're not there yet that's like the dream sure but that's that's what vr is basically um ar is a little bit different in the sense of when you when you're wearing an ar headset or glasses you're seeing the world in front of you you're literally wearing like glasses in in a lot of cases like the the original kind of some of the the first things that were popular or popularly known was like the google glass mm -hmm. which was literally a set of glasses that you wore and then it had a little screen that popped out kind of the side and and so the difference is that ar um supplants puts things into your view um that are that is virtual or digital but that you're looking at it in, in you're looking at the real world still so uh, a popular example of AR is something like Pokemon Go. Yes. Where you were looking at your screen and your screen was, it was basically your camera was passing through the view. So you would look at your screen and you would see like the ground in front of you. That's, that's literally on the other side of the camera. And then when you're looking at your screen, a Pokemon would pop up and you would interact with it, but it's obviously not there. So that's basically AR. Now, AR is becoming quite a bit more advanced, um, especially with Microsoft getting into it quite a bit with uh, a device called HoloLens. We'll talk about that in, in the next segment. But AR is also, I, th I think in my mind, AR is a little more accessible yeah. as well. Like there because are AR apps, You can right? use an iPad or a phone, obviously, to be able to interact with an i, uh, sorry, an augmented reality app. So you can use yeah. that, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So that like, makes like it more accessible. There was an app called Erasma mm -hmm. that that a lot of people in education have heard of. I think it's called HP Reveal now. Yeah. Great if name. anyone is wondering, <laughs> if anyone is wondering where Erasma went, it's now called HP Reveal, yeah. which is terrible. But you know, it is that is Erasma. They got bought by HP. 
there's also a lot of like games and cool apps. So, so one of the fun examples that I always used to use with AR was the star charts. So where you could, you could use your phone to look up into the sky and it would augment reality. Uh, it would, it would show like information about the stars that you're looking at through your camera yep. on your phone. Really cool. Um, and you could track, for example, um, when we went camping with the Cubs, um, with scouts, we would, we would look for where the ISS is and kind of track it so that we could see when it was going to be flying overhead. Um, because it, you could actually look down into the ground. And if the international space station was like on the other side of the planet, you could actually see that it was on the other mm-hmm. side of the planet. Cause it was augmented. It was an augmented reality on your, on your phone. That's a cool, uh, uh app. I, I really enjoy that one. Yep. Yeah. So there's lots of cool stuff like that. Um, I guess one of the interesting conversations we kind of had before we went on the air was how we teach with these, because there are some slight differences and you had a couple thoughts on that. Yeah. So, I mean, when Erasma was around and that has been now quite a few years uh, that it first came out, there was a lot of amazing uses for it. I thought Uh, there, it just seemed like, okay, this is practical. We, a lot of us were in the iPad, we all had one-to-one iPads at the beginning of that kind of movement, probably about six or seven or eight years ago, I want to say. It seemed like, my goodness, this this you could definitely do a lot with this. And there was some connections, too, to education, kind of like uh, some content that you could embed on an actual mm-hmm. object and then embed mm-hmm. content. There was also the ability for students to create basically uh, layers of augmented reality content on top of a... Uh, physical uh, what a drawing or, a, or whatever it actually might be a symbol and then they could actually embed that content too and create it and embed it so th- it seemed to have a lot of connections specifically with that that app but like you just mentioned there's a ton of different apps uh, that are augmented reality apps I remember going to all kinds of sessions uh, at different conferences that had to do with Pokemon Go for example and just mm-hmm. the concept of augmented reality and and being able to use that for something else beyond that uh, uh we used to play this game called ingress uh still people people are still playing that game yeah it's still out uh, they've actually redone it yeah, recently yep so ingress uh basically was before pokemon go and and it has a large community that play it but again it's a physical space kind of thing and people are like okay what can we do with this kind of you know these elements and be able to put it together and then paul dervasi you know, he's mentioned to us where he's used augmented reality for all kinds of different things to be able to do basically connect the city of Toronto or the specific landmarks to learning that the kids are doing plus reverse that and the students are actually creating for other students or other people in the public. So you have a dynamic audience out there uh, or a real audience, sorry, that you can go ahead and, and create content for, which super, I love all that. The one that was interesting to me though, and I was just talking to you about it is like, and I don't know enough about it is like virtual reality. So, you know, what is it besides consumption? You know, what is it besides like, you know, you're immersed in a thing. And I've seen a couple of things like the, the, the only couple of things that I've seen that have to do with creation, like there's this painting app, I think Jamie Donnelly mentions it later in this in her interview. Tilt, tilt uh, brush, yeah, yeah, tilt brush, and you can actually create something within it. Um, yeah. I know there's a potential inside of there, but I still don't know the connection. So I think a lot of people are feeling like that. Like, why would we go out and spend all this money? And actually, maybe you shouldn't. You should investigate, research, figure out what your goals are, and then see if that's the right tool. Like as as Jamie will say later too, which is a really good point. 100%. And I, I'll tell you, it, you don't appreciate how amazing Tiltbrush is until you use it. I think that's one of the things that's a common theme with VR in particular is is that it's it's really hard to see how amazing it is until you've done it. But then when once you've played VR, your most people's minds are just completely blown by by how amazing modern, you know, top tier VR is like you know, if you put on a, a an HTC Vive or a, an Oculus Rift, or I guess the new the Vive Pro or the the Oculus Quest, there's there's an amazing difference between that and something like a mobile mobile VR. Um, I'll admit that other than Tilt Brush, I don't have a lot of good answers for you as far as 
creation goes, or at least creation inside of VR. Other than, I mean, you can use Minecraft in VR, and it does add a a really interesting element uh, to the building process when you are, you know, in first person mode inside the world of Minecraft. It, It changes some of your perspective a little bit on what you're building and how you're building as far as, you know, building to scale and stuff like that. There might be some interesting conversations to have there. Um, But there's definitely also a lot. There are a lot of pretty interesting consumption tools, though, Um, places for you to learn. I actually have a a VR app um, of the Titanic. Um, that is a a very historical, historically replicated model of the Titanic, and then it actually replicates, you know, the Titanic underwater it, it sinking and as it's sinking, and you can watch the whole thing kind of play out. Uh, and and you get, I tell you, I mean, if you're looking for like a way to really have a strong sense of understanding of how something happened, uh, VR puts you right in that world and gives you a sense like you've never had before of being being there in in that moment i mean there there are a lot of interesting um, museum tours that you can do in vr as well like i don't know if i'll ever get a chance to go to the louvre um you know myself but i can go in vr almost anytime i want and uh, depending on your ability to suspend, you know, disbelief and, and stuff like that, you can really get a strong sense of what it's like to be there and see, you know, things like the Mona Lisa almost virtually firsthand, right? Totally get that. And I think that that's yeah. where a lot of the use is right now. I, I think we're like right at that cusp of, and it's just all, I think all about the developers, like once they find the need and the niche and the, the demand that people are like, Hey, we need something that where kids can actually do this. That's where, that's where they're going to go to. And, and I, I think we're just right at that cusp of like in between, uh, you know, just basically experiencing things and then ready player one, you know, we're so, you know, right at that tilt of, of basically getting there. Cause I, I think experiencing content could be really, really next level if taken. Yeah. You know, just some pieces are missing. And once those pieces are there, my goodness, it, it will make for a an, an very, very immersive, awesome experience that, you know, kids, I could imagine like a kid uh, using a Spanish app where you're actually interacting and speaking with other Spanish speakers, but really in a virtual environment. So it really feels like... And they understand and kind of are interacting with you, depending upon what you actually say. There's some really cool stuff that that could I, be possible. I agree. We're on the cusp of like a whole new wave of of things, especially um, with the devices becoming so advanced. We've seen um, some promos uh, at a conference, at a press conference, a press event. Apple did a couple of months ago. They revealed uh, a Lego AR application, and now there's a Minecraft application in AR that's coming minecraft earth and we don't unfortunately we were hoping to learn a little bit more about it i know we kind of talked about it a little bit last week um but there's not really a whole lot out about it and i guess one of the the interesting things that we're we're waiting to find out about this minecraft earth is um you know so obviously you'll have um structures that will appear in front of you you know that look like minecraft structures but I guess we're still curious about how you build them, right? Yeah, I mean, it says you're going to build creations with friends and place them in the real world at life size, it says. So that's super interesting. Uh, uh, the yeah. the commercial is also interesting in that it shows you the different mobs, the basically the critters, if you want to think of them that way, that appear inside of Minecraft along with some new ones that will be there. So there's that kind of thing. I just wonder how did they... Yeah, like what's bringing this all together because you need something to me i need something more to see like okay why am i going to go out there and do this stuff you know it has to be compelling in in game mode you know the, the game uh, play and uh, like we've talked about off air too is how is that building you know the collaborative building and and do you get to decide what you create or is it already kind of canned buildings or how is that going to actually work 
and the materials that you collect, you know, how does that part work? So we're really excited about it. And you can sign up for a, to be on their beta. Um, mm-hmm. And I think sometime this summer, they're going to, they're going to be able to go ahead and have some uh, people actually uh, allow them to go ahead and be on the beta. And then maybe by fall, it'll actually be fully open. That would be super interesting. So I love the concept of augmented reality in this in this kind of case. And same thing with Pokemon and any of these kinds of things because you physically go outside. It's just in the commercial even says shows it. And you're doing things outside. I, I thought that Pokemon did an amazing job at bringing people outside and putting them in places that they had never even looked at in their communities. Uh, so in other words, we just walked by statues and amazing things that our own uh, communities have built and created parks and whatever. But we just kind of uh, take it for granted is a bit what it is. And now we re-experience those things through this kind of augmented reality lens. That is fantastic. And if Minecraft does that too, Minecraft Earth, I that's whole new level for me i love that kind of stuff when we actually get outside and interact with the communities around us a hundred percent there's a lot going on and it's really exciting when we come back there are a ton of devices out there if you don't live in this world i could see how you could get lost in it all when we come back we'll run down all the best gear and give you the ins and outs stay tuned do you have plans to attend the isti conference this summer Come one day early and participate in the best hidden gem conference in the United States. Badge Summit 2019 will take place on the Temple University campus in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on June 22nd. There will be lots of wicked smart educators to collaborate with on topics such as digital badges, credentials, gamification, and more. To learn more about Badge Summit, simply visit bit.ly slash badge summit. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Listen, there are tons of devices out there, and we could spend all day going through them all. But we did want to not leave you without getting at least an understanding of what's out there and what's available, because they do range. Big time. Right, Glenn? From, from like, super expensive to... Cheapy. You know, you can, free. You can buy something <laughs> at a garage sale or free. Or free, um, exactly. And, they're everywhere all over the place uh and some of these might be right for you some of these you can use in the classroom and i think you should Uh, and some of them are you know for big homes with lots of room in your basement and you have three grand to to dump on it so (laughs) um i I mean they go they go all over the map so basically i i want to divide up the devices into three categories for vr there's mobile vr there's console vr and then there's pc vr and these go all over the map so mobile vr is probably the most common the most popular the thing that you know you've seen it in retail and it's pretty accessible things like the google cardboard which you know some you go to a conference at at connect actually they were giving away cardboard holders uh for for vr um, and then there's things like the Oculus Go, which, you know, it's 200 bucks, but it's a standalone mobile VR headset, which is in it Sounds looks really reasonable. nice, yeah. super comfortable, tons of fun. And then it, its predecessor or it's, you know, related is like the Samsung Galaxy VR. Um, the only drawback to the Samsung Galaxy VR is obviously that you had to put a Samsung Galaxy phone inside of it okay so it wasn't compatible with iphones um so there's mobile vr is also you know for better or for worse where a lot of the a lot of the big development is actually happening um i think it's because people can buy it and it's more affordable so there's actually a lot more and generally speaking they're all attached to your it's all built into you know what you're using on your phone and everyone has phones so everyone potentially has an ar vr device already yes right so so mike just so that we're clear too these mobile vr uh things probably vary in in the quality right Um, oh yeah but google cardboard i thought it was okay you know i think it's just 
it's okay, but it wasn't anything where I was like, oh my goodness, let's go buy the whole kit, which people were, there were some people that were like that or still continue to be like that and did go buy those kits, you know, from Best Buy or whatever it might be and bought a class set, uh, got the phones that were really not phones, but they were just specifically for this purpose uh, and it ran a whole system with that, which uh, all the more power to you because there's all kinds of different experiences out there that are for free. Uh, and then the Google Cardboard is really accessible also, too, because it's the price point is is there. Right. Um, but I think because people experience that, they think virtual reality is similar to that. But I think what you're trying to say is these next ones that you're about to say are that much better, right? That oh, much, yeah. That much more immersive. Okay. Even within the mobile VR world there is quality substantial quality like the difference between google cardboard and oculus go is substantial okay that's what i figured a huge 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 difference between the two and then you have console vr and there's only really one player in this right now there is a sony playstation vr set Uh, it's the only one that ever gave me any sort of motion sickness (laughs) and and maybe and maybe that's because i had uh, a rift at the time and i was so used to like super high quality top end vr that i i use this and i could tell there was motion blur so that's when when you hear about motion sickness and this is something we should probably talk about just a little it's mostly related to motion blur because you're not actually looking at real life right you're looking at a video screen yes. you're looking at uh you know something as if it was on a on a screen it's just the screen is really close to your eyes and that's giving you an optical illusion like it's you're surrounded by it so, but, so if it's fuzzy basically it gives you that blur that actually yeah. could potentially make you dizzy you're saying that okay because it that's confuses what gives you the brain. headaches okay. or the that's what gives you the headaches or the dizziness or some people can get really sick i i know people that you know don't react to this well at all and you know have been laid out for days wow. because of how how sick they got it's like seasickness yeah. almost yeah right no, it makes sense so so PlayStation VR is the only thing that ever did that to me. And I don't know if it was because it just didn't, wasn't fitting right or wasn't adjusted properly or calibrated or whatever. But um, I know that Nintendo Labo has recently released a VR set. Yeah. And, and so it's using the Switch screen and it's putting the Switch screen literally right in front of your face um, in a cardboard set because that's all Labo is. Labo is basically the cardboard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cheap though. It's like seventy-five bucks US. So I mean, a pretty interesting, inexpensive way to experience VR. I don't know of its quality. quality. Yep. And then, of course, there are the super high-end, big-ticket items. <laughs> the big-ticket items. So, so I had an Oculus Rift. I actually recently got rid of it once I when I um, quit teaching and had to work from an office. I had to renovate my office. And my office is where I did VR because I had tons of space and now I have no space. Um, so uh, there's Oculus Rift, which is kind of the first generation. And there was a, what's called the Vive, which is made by HTC and um, kind of co-developed by uh, Valve, um, uh, the, the video game company. Uh, and then there's the newest one, which is called the Oculus Quest. So these are PC um or or standalone VR. The Oculus Quest is is allegedly PC quality, so that's why we kind of put it in this category. But the prices How, what's the are price? are quite a bit higher. So an Oculus Rift is in the three to four, four to five hundred dollar range now. Okay. And the Vive is around the same. Okay. But now there's a Vive Pro, and the Vive Pro is quite a bit more it's pushing 800 bucks us and the oculus quest is about 400 dollars okay us so so they kind of range all over the place one of the things that you'll hear from kevin when when he joins us in a bit is talking about the necessity to have a computer it's the x factor in this that a lot of people don't consider for the rift and the Vive and the Vive Pro, you have to have a decent computer. In fact, not just a decent computer, you have to have a good, like you have to have a good computer. Mm-hmm. So we're talking at least probably twelve to sixteen or seventeen hundred dollars just for the PC. Wow. Yeah. You need that. And first. then you're still yeah. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And then you're still buying a VR headset of whatever flavor that you choose to buy or could potentially afford. The other X factor with these PC VRs is that you require space, and not an not a small amount of space. Um, the Vive recommends, I believe, a ten foot square space, mm. that's a sig- which is a lot. That like is. that's huge huge amounts of space i could be wrong on that exact number but i know the vive um in particular stresses that it it would like a a lot of space now for my rift i was probably working in a i'm gonna say a five by five space Mm. and the reason why i got rid of it is because that five by five space turned into a i'm looking around right now about a three by three space and i just didn't think i could make it work in that in space, that space yeah. so i so i got rid of it but they definitely require space because they track your motion mm-hmm. and that's one of the cool things about it right yes so is that it's actually less expensive than i thought they were going to be i thought we were talking in the thousands and thousands but but because no. some of them require the pc high-end pcs then that just add that is a significant factor then too so the oculus quest does not require the PC. No. Okay, so that's no. a big game changer, and that's the reason why it's so. That's why people are talking about it, right? Yeah, it's a big deal, and I mean, of all of the things that is a game changer, because it's a game changer in a number of ways. Being being tetherless, being standalone, is is absolutely huge. But it also, well, I mean, I, it it doesn't require cords. Yes. Right. That's a big deal. So one of the one of the huge limitations of the Vive and the Rift was that you always had this wire coming out of the back of your head, uh, almost like the Matrix. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you remember the Matrix, they had this plug that was in like the back of their yep. their whatever. Uh, it was almost like that. And it felt like that. You could feel the cord. The it was it. what really took the immersion out of it was the fact that you always had to be conscious of where the, the cord were. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. So, so having no cord is a is a huge huge thing. Even though it's not tied to a PC, the resolution is amazing. Mm. It's fourteen forty by sixteen hundred, which is the exact same resolution as the Vive Pro. So that makes it P. That's why we put it in that same category because it's PC quality, yeah, high t- high ticket, but it's has a lot of advantages. So yep. definitely something we should be. Yeah, you know, taking a look at. So for four hundred bucks, like I mean, you can you can get into some pretty fun stuff, man. Like I mean, it's 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 not. It, there are obviously there are in my mind cool educational applications, and again, we're just I think we're just scratching the surface of this. But even just as an entertainment device, you know, when you think about how much a PlayStation costs or an Xbox costs or a Switch costs, which is right around the same amount of money as this Oculus Quest. Uh, you can see, I can see some people picking this up and and using it as an entertainment device, which is also, you know, what it is. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. So these are the so, virtual reality ones, right? Now there's augmented reality and there's there. not a lot. Yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of like devices for AR other than your phone. I mean, I think that the thing that a lot of people would point out and Apple will point this out every day mm-hmm. um, is that your iPhone is an AR device. Yes. They they are pushing AR hard. They have been pushing AR hard for a long, long time. Six, seven, eight years, like you said. The reason why a lot of people in education know about Erasma is because Apple was demoing Erasma on iPads. Yes. There's it's like that's where most people's um first interactions with AR came from in the education space is because Apple was saying, hey, look at the things you can do on an iPad in AR. So there's no coincidence that AR is is everywhere, even if you don't realize it, because your phone is an AR device. Now, that being said, Microsoft made what's called the HoloLens. Uh, It looks a lot like a VR headset. It's got a big old, you know, eye thing that goes over your face, but you can sort of see through it, and it augments you know, reality, it puts things in your field of vision. Um, it's very expensive and it's not for public consumption yet. I don't think it's, it's not like something you can buy at retail. Mm, 
you still, I believe, have to be like a developer or ask for like a developer version of it to get one. And I believe you have to even like queue up for it. Like there's like a lottery Weird. to get access yeah. to it. Yeah. So it's still basically they're still working on whatever this is going to be. Again, just like in the virtual reality space, like still working on for public yeah. consumption, the the model that everybody will then have access to. And it's a ton of money. It's like seventeen hundred bucks wow. US. If you just for if the you can even get it. and you still need yeah. yes, and you still need a computer. Wow. Yeah, that's super so expensive. So it's it's not tetherless, it's it's wired to to your your device, uh to your PC, uh, and it's it's not cheap. So so that's that. But um you're gonna hear us talk um a little bit more in the next segment with Jamie and Kevin about merge cube. And it, it's worth mentioning it here because of uh, a couple cool things uh first is that it's getting a lot of traction at schools uh it's it's super easy to get and it's incredibly cheap uh in some cases you've seen people giving them away for free uh there's places like walmart that have sold them for a dollar and i, I believe i got cheap. mine for <laughs> for 10 bucks dollars cheap yep. and and merge cube is a foam cube it's about four five inches square in a cube and it's got a pattern on every side of the cube that acts as a trigger like like if you remember what erasma did uh, where something had to trigger the ar well the patterns on the merge cube trigger augmented reality on top of that side of the cube and so what's cool about a cube obviously is that you can turn it around right and as you turn it around, each um, each of the patterns is being revealed on your phone in the Merge app or whatever app you're using related to Merge Cube. And so each trigger triggers a different AR, you know, thing on it. So you have a lot of really interesting applications um, like like Moment, which is Kevin's application, where on each side of the cube is a person that's demonstrating a different emotion. So you turn it one way and you're seeing someone angry and then you turn it another way and you're seeing someone happy and you turn it another way and you're seeing someone bored and you're doing that because the triggers trigger different um, different images because the the patterns on the cube are different. So Merge Cube is super easy to get, super easy to use. And there's a lot and- of free apps for it too, right? tons of free apps yep. for it uh i mean moment uh kevin's app is is free yep and there are lots of other apps as well so merge cube is if you're just looking for a really easy way to to kind of see what this is all about merge cube is where it's at go get it go get a merge cube and and have some fun if you're looking for a super easy way to get into into vr Go grab a Google Cardboard or some other um, piece like that. You can buy, you know, plastic, similarly plastic pieces as well. Um, but you know, one ninety nine for the uh, Oculus Go isn't super expensive related to you know other, you know, mobile or uh, entertainment kind of products. And, and again, Oculus Quest, Quest at three ninety nine is again not as expensive as a lot of people thought it would yeah. be. And, uh, you know, pretty compelling, uh, let me tell you, uh, if you're looking for uh, a really, you know, top tier VR set for, um, you know, relative to the other ones, not a top tier price. Definitely going to get the cube. I, yes, absolutely. I, I hope that was helpful. That's a lot of devices and, and, a, and a decent rundown on what's out there. When we come back, we'll be joined by Jamie Donnelly and Kevin Chai to talk more AR and VR. So stay with us. All right, welcome back to the pod, everyone. Kevin Chaya is an entrepreneur and developer from California. He has an absolutely amazing background in the entertainment industry, and he's the developer of the Moment AR app for MergeCube. Moment AR is an augmented reality application that helps high-need students identify and communicate their emotions. Jamie Donnelly is also with us, and she is an educator, speaker, consultant, and author, all of the good things. 
She's generally considered the go-to expert on AR, VR, and mixed reality in education. And they both join us together today for the podcast. Welcome, Jamie and Kevin. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. So let's talk first about what leads you to us today. And we'll start with Kevin. You've worked mostly in the entertainment and software development industry, but you're on an education podcast and are being seen in those circles quite a bit more. Maybe share a bit about your background, but also lead us towards what brings you into the education space as well. I would absolutely love to. Um, one, thank you for having us here. You all look fantastic. No one else can see you guys, but everyone looks absolutely <laughs> everyone fantastic looks for a Sunday. Um, but yeah, so the answer I give is very simple answer is that I am, I shouldn't be in this space at all. Like I said, I'm in the entertainment industry, post-production would have nothing to do with education, but my wife is actually a school, uh, psychologist for the Burbank Unified, um, district. And it came very, very, very simple where, my job at Sony at the time was to evaluate products to come in and I give them into, um, I value been like the marketing sales, all these different areas. So they bring me in and I answer all the tech stuff. And so this company called merge VR came in and I checked them out and I'm like, man, this is, I thought it was really cool to merge cube. I'm like, that's genius. AR was just about to explode. But what the different about them is they had an actual tactile physical object you hold and things come pop hmm. out of it. And so when I got home, I tried to make something for post-production. I was thinking you get a whole bunch of cubes and you just chuck them at the wall <laughs> or something like that. And then you take a picture of it and it could track them and then give you all this tracking info. Mm -hmm. And now they, they have AR apps that do that, like the, the measuring tape, whatever. And it didn't work well because the merge, merge cubes have like a two foot, maybe one foot draw distance uh, before you lose tracking of it. And before anything, before I was going to give up on the project, my wife next to me was um, doing at-home work and she was just venting out loud. They're like, man. I wish I had something, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you know, and I did what every husband should do, which is listen to your wife. And I said, oh, like, hey, I think I have something here. Check this out. And the first thing she did was she got the merch cube and she chucked it at the wall. I'm like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> what is your, I'm like, you don't like it? And she goes, no, I want to see if a kid can hurt another kid with it. And I'm like, oh, which actually the first renditions of the merch cube, they're a lot firmer. They're actually a lot harder. It was like a stale Nerf, Nerf ball. Sure. And the ones that came out in the market right now, they're very plushy. You can like squeeze them. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, um, let me build something on it. What are you missing? She goes, I want something to do with emotions. And I'm like, oh, so what do you mean? Like put an emotion on each side? And we literally were doing like development right there. She goes, yeah, <laughs> put a development. I'm like, well, there's six sides, you know, and you're missing one because you kind of did like the inside out thing of like anger, sadness, uh, um, anger, sadness, fear discussed and um and then of course there's um i think we're missing one more but the biggest thing is she said to us um in fear and then the last one was she goes oh i want boredom and i'm like oh cool i'll put like boredom in there and then that's just like you know i started building the app right there that's amazing i love that I'm i gave you like a whole rant instead of like one answer <laughs> but i thought that was the most like interesting it. part because like when i because the when i do demos now that's the biggest thing when i tell people i'm like you know like especially educators and in special education you know like anyone can make anything but when i say Oh, I built this with my wife was a school psychologist and she helped create this. 50% of the questions, if not 60%, go out the window because they're like, oh man, one of us created it. Cool. So I yeah, exactly. defended me. That's the, one of the coolest parts. So Jamie, your background is quite a bit clear as as far as how you relate to to this, but I'm interested in how you went from a math teacher to a tech coach and then to being basically the go-to AR VR guru. How about giving us a little journey through your path that brings you uh, to us talking about AR VR today? Well, um, the only reason why I taught math is it was the only subject I actually got in school. Um, everything just really made sense. I didn't have to memorize anything. It was something that just connected for me. Um, I will say that being an educator has never been about math. It's never been about teacher, teacher uh, technology. It's never been about AR, VR. I feel like it's always been about relational, you know, connections that I've had opportunities to have. So really being able to build those relationships and being able to make impacts in people's lives and them impact my own um, started off with students. I actually started coaching first when my husband was going to grad school. 
Interesting. Yeah. I had played, um, yeah, I played sports in high school and in college. And so having played those sports and then went out afterwards and having little ones, it was like, okay, well, I can coach while he's back at home from school. And then so we kind of made that work. Um, and I started coaching some club teams and um, various sports and schools. And at one point, it was like, you know what, I really want to teach like, this would be really cool. So my first year teaching, I mean, I dressed up as a clown, I got to go to school. I mean, it was like, I can't believe I get to get paid and do this every day. Like, this is wild. This is awesome. So right up my alley. It's like I found something that was inside of me that was never there. Not because of math, but because of teaching, right? Just being able to make those connections with kids. And then later on, I mean, I can, I always use technology. I think that was always something driven inside of me. Like, oh, how can I do this? Um, and as I kind of progressed and started teaching teachers that I was that I was working with, like, hey, you can implement this or you can implement that. Um, in my local school district, there was a position that was open and I applied, did not get it and ended up then teaching um, RTI classes. So response to intervention, math. And these are kids at middle school that have been told that they're failures all their lives and they are never going to be good at math. And I got to go in there with like no hands, you know, in my curriculum, nobody telling me what I have to do for lesson plans. And I got to go wild and it was so much fun. And we had Tech Tuesday and I always did technology integration and stuff. They always had stuff going on with technology. And then two years after that, they came back and said, hey, we'd like for you to apply for this again. Awesome. Um, so, and I was in that district and it was a, I mean, I grew so much in those years. And so then I was like, great. I applied, um, and got the job. And then from there I went to a training at, in my local region area here in Texas. And there was somebody showing augmented reality. And I remember she was showing Erasma and I was just like, hold on, wait, what just, <laughs> what? Like, I remember I heard nothing after she showed me that app one time. I'm literally in her session as she's up there speaking, and I'm, like, making all these auras and all this smell, <laughs> and I'm just like, everything comes to life. I mean, the day after, I'm training all the teachers in my schools, like, you're going to be doing this. This is amazing. So I just went kind of crazy with that, and I think that was the start. Now, later on, uh, VR was something, I think, for AR and VR, there was very little connection to education. And I, for me, while I'm really enthusiastic about what's coming out and this great technology, my passion lies in education. How can this transform our classrooms? So um, I, I feel like when you say guru, I don't think that's it at all. I think I've been so passionate about this topic for so long. And I've seen the longevity of like where it was really getting going, where there was a lot of fails, where it's now, you know, where we're headed. And so in that process of kind of just being on the journey with other educators as well, um, I think ultimately it's kind of like just having the, the background knowledge as that you don't want to do that or, ooh, that would be really cool. So I think the collaboration is to me is really cool that people value that with me. So Jamie, you know, as a tech coach, uh, the first kind of questions, and even as a teacher, we ask is, why should we use this? Why AR and VR? So what is it about these new technologies that is important? And then we're faced with a massive amount of choice in terms of technology and the tools that we end up purchasing for our classrooms and for our students. Uh, so what's the case for learning this and bringing it to our classrooms? Yeah, definitely. So um, I just had a keynote last week on we're off to see the future and everything's thematic, of course, with Wizard of Oz. Nice. Kind of identify where the educators are and how we can all kind of like relate to that cowardly lion or we can relate to Dorothy who's optimistic and jumps in head first. And I think we have a variety of different educators out there. But ultimately, what it all really came down to was like our heart, you know, where this technology comes into play is identifying what our students need. And oftentimes we jump into things because of the wow, which is really true. You know, we're in the classroom of awe and, um, and I think that's cool, but we have to get past that. We really have to see that there's so much more to this than just the awe. And when we're really identifying, um, what our students need and where their struggles are, sometimes this technology is all there really is today that can bridge those gaps for them to learn. And um, I know having three children that are very different, um, they all learn really differently and they all have just really very different personalities. Um, there's different times that I have to implement certain things in order to help support them in their learning. But even in that, 
I can't say it's always AR VR. Like that's, that's one of our tools. So my mission in sharing this is sharing one of the resources out there, a type of resource out there available to you. Of course, there's many, but I don't think I'm an advocate for always bringing in AR VR. I think that there's times that they they need to learn differently and and we really need to target that. But I don't want you to only be limited to the other options and not be aware of what AR VR can do. So one of the questions that I'm sure our audience members would immediately ask is, what about the cost? Especially we're talking about VR items. There's a really high cost of the devices. And Mike actually and I talk about this uh, throughout the episode. Can you talk to us about like the cost of these devices and how do you find that districts end up affording them uh, to be able to purchase them into their into their classrooms or their districts themselves? I, I can start. Um, Kevin can follow up. I I'm an advocate of practical. So I don't think it's always practical to bring in these high-end VR devices. I think that um, it's leading the way and it's giving us um, the concepts to anticipate and expect for our technologies in our classroom. But I don't think that it's something that um, every classroom should have. I mean, when we're talking about all the wires and cords, we talk about the training, we talk about the, t- the devices that have to be connected, we talk about the space limitations, we talk about this um, being sanitized and, you know, all of those factors that yeah. bring in some of the things that we're talking about right now, forget the cost. Mm-hmm. Districts are willing to pay the cost. But do they realize what they're bringing in and all the impractical ways of bringing in this kind of technology into the classroom? So I think I'm always an advocate of what do we already have in our classroom? And then as tools like the Quest just came out this week, you know, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But as these tools are coming out and how they fit in our classroom, it doesn't mean every classroom, but it does mean that there is ways to implement something like this. So. I think instead of looking at the cost so much, because unfortunately I've seen districts pay an enormous amount of money for these kits, for these sets, and then they have a huge headache. People's jobs no longer are what they are. They're managers of calendars and devices and transportation. And I think that's the bigger issue to me. Don't go out and try to find grant money. Really identify what your goals are, what you want to accomplish with this technology, and then identify what device will will suit this best. And then oftentimes it's usually using the stuff you already have in your classroom. Well, and, and Kev merch cubes is merch cube is a game changer, right? I mean, it's so inexpensive. I I can see why you gravitated towards developing on that in the first place. Yeah. And, you know, Jamie hit it nail on the spot because, you know, when when I created moment and it skyrocketed from there, we could literally talk hours on it. I just did a a conference up in Oregon for um, um, tech disabled kids in education. And um, I talked for, I think it was supposed to be a an hour and I talked for an hour and a half, like past, <laughs> luckily there's nothing after me about like what the possibilities are, which is insane. You give this power to education and, and, and educators in their minds just go, I could use this, this, yeah. this, and this. But the, one of the biggest things I saw, no matter what was, it just works off your phone, you know, and you know, VR, especially I have good friends in Vive and they're like, Hey, Kevin, can you make something enterprise level for us in Vive? I'm like, I could, but I'm like your headset. I mean, the Vive pro that I got yesterday, I'm like with the support and everything, that's like $1,700. So I'm like, that alone, like, like Jamie right away, is just like, nope, not going to happen, you know, because it's true, because like, you have to get like a, a proper PC for it, a headset. Now you're looking at two to three grand on yeah. top of that. You need the space for it. And right away with a merge cube. I mean, for the people looking to go at Walmart for a buck, I'm like, that's all you need. And most apps like my app is free. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a logistics, but it's practical. It's just like, okay, do I get this for a merge cube for a buck or $15 now? And then and get some free apps, or do I have to buy this $3,000 solution? You don't even think about the $3,000 solution because it's that much. And plus, on top of that, I don't expect my wife or any user to be like a tech person to get things running, where that's so what the Merge Cube is so amazing. You just point the phone at the cube, it works. Like, very simple. So this technology has the ability, and we've started to touch on it, the ability to be transformative in a way that not many other technologies can boast. You you kind of, I always tell people you have to try VR to totally get it. But once you do, it blows your mind. Like I reacted to Erasmus the exact same way Jamie did. And that's actually my first entry to AR was was through Erasmus. So I I understand uh, her reaction completely. The Earth is constantly moving around AR and VR, and we're seeing tons of awesome things like Moment, for example, Kev. 
Kev, you must hear some amazing stories of people using it and it being helpful and groundbreaking. Maybe share a couple stories of 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 things you've heard about people using uh, Moment. I think the biggest one was the kind of like research element outside of our little umbrella, which is us here in LA and our Burbank, Pasadena, Glendale, other like districts was Merge contacted me and said, Hey, can you, um, we're going to do another video. You want to come out? I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, we're at, plus like, I'm excited to go to San Antonio. They have good food there, you know, um, at, especially at the, at the, at the Riverwalk. And then, um, <laughs> they're like, Oh, we're going to go to this place called Morgan's Wonderland. And actually that's one of their premier videos they did where they have, um, it's a special needs, um, um, like theme park, but they have an academic part as well. And they're like, yeah, we want you to talk to some of the um, teachers um, there. And I'm like, we'd love to. Plus my wife was really excited too, to see other teachers use it where we didn't instruct them or they didn't watch a video. They're just like, we get it. And the video was, uh, was amazing because instantly they said, this helped us with nonverbal communication. And I'm like, yes, that is exactly what we're looking for. And that video was like, prime when i tell people like a good example of that i'm like that's the perfect one because they got it right away and they use it in a practical manner and it got results and that's what we're that's what we're going for so when i heard of those results instantly i'm like this is all worth it what else can i do type of thing so jamie i'm sure you're seeing the exact same types of shifts inside of education that have to do with augmented reality or virtual reality what's a great example of how this is being used at schools that has really blown your mind um, you know, I think that it kind of, it varies, it varies by grade level, it varies by um, subject level. I think that, you know, just off the top of my head, I mean, I have a story that's not necessarily in a classroom per se, but at home. And my daughter is dyslexic, my youngest daughter. And um, I'm, I have no idea how to support her. So there's a lot of research to be done on that side for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was struggling with spelling words bad. And I would get frustrated. She'd get frustrated. And I would just yell, pay attention. Why are you not doing this? Um, and then I got a chance to really witness her um, explore an app that was called Catchy Words AR. It is called Catchy Words AR. And I really did not give it much credit. Hmm. I actually thought, oh, this, this app is kind of like hangman in the air. Great. Why do we need that in AR, right? Yes. Um, so, I, did, I, I mean, I shared it, but it wasn't like I was really passionate about it. But then I actually got to see her use it. And I had her hop on on these words that she could not get. I mean, I had her write it out. I had her speak it out. You know, and we were just kind of doing everything that we've been told to do all along. You know, this will help you memorize. And... Um, she played catchy words AR and the letters just kind of you pop this bubble with your device. The letters just spray out all around you. So you have to go and capture them all around. You're walking around with your phone and you're grabbing it with your phone. And then you have to place it in the correct order in these boxes yes. to spell out this word. Um, so I typed in the word she was struggling with. She went down and took her forever. I mean, she could not do it. She, I mean, she's sitting there walking around and I'm sitting there just biting off my nails more frustrated than when I gave it to her. This is a bad idea, you know? And so I'm just like sitting there just like, oh gosh, will you just hurry? You know, I'm not saying that, but in my mind, I'm thinking it. Finally, after she's, you know, walking around, she'd grab a letter and then she'd look at that letter and turn around and then she'd place it in the box and it'd be in the wrong spots. And then she'd have to go take it out and then put it in the right, oh, that's the wrong box too. Oh, okay, that one's right. So she's literally going through and putting this in. It took a good 20 minutes. And so I finally, when it was over, it celebrates with you. Like there's kind of like these fireworks wow. thing, streamers. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I asked her how to spell that word. And she immediately told me, and I was like, okay. Hey. I asked her an hour later <laughs> and she told me. And then the next day I asked her and she told me she's never forgotten how to spell that word. That was long-term memory. And I think there's a couple things that factors about that. One is AR, whether they accidentally ran into this or they really intended this. It seemed like it was on accident, but they got the kids physically up and moving. And I think that's huge with education. Really good point. Connection. Um, but then two is because she's dyslexic, it really challenged her to have to look at those letters um, through different angles. And so if your brain has to work hard for content, then it will retain it because it doesn't have yes. to work that hard again. So the fact that she was struggling was actually a positive for that long-term memory. So I think that mm. there were some factors involved for her specifically. And I think for many of our kids that we just need to identify 
what works for our students. And I think there's going to be a lot of stories to be told um, as this continues to go. And I hear stories all the time. They're, they're really, it's really inspiring to see how this has even inspired kids to want to go out and use this in their fields, in their industries, and their future jobs. It's amazing. Love it. Um, it's funny this this episode was scheduled to be recorded a couple weeks ago and we we kind of punted it because of mother's day and, and and whatnot and it and i think it it actually was meant to be because um both of you have just gotten new stuff new toys and uh it couldn't have worked out better oculus uh quest just came out and jamie you uh got one uh and this is like the newest um prime kind of oculus device can you talk a bit about your experiences with it so far let's do like a little mini review how's the hardware what's the ui like i'm actually curious because i have a rift um is the same is the home space inside of it the same like the the landing place um and how have your experiences been inside various applications how do you feel about it i love it um i <laughs> am sharing it to everybody i actually had it for my family my son graduated from high school yesterday and so oh. um for his graduation party uh, brought out the quest and everybody's playing Vader Immortal, which I don't blame them. Um, and so that's the first one I downloaded myself. Um, and then I actually got serious about buying this for education and then went and started downloading other apps like Tilt Brush. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I think that they're just like the Go. We're going to see this, um, the apps really start to pick up as it gets going. I heard Quest or excuse me, Oculus was super picky about what they selected for the Quest, and they were really trying to make sure it was targeted what was right for that particular device. Um, So you'll see some things that were available on the Rift um, that are also available on the Quest, and some things that couldn't be available on the Go that are now available on the Quest, which is really exciting. And then I talked to companies that are backloading um, their content and selling the quest and the go and you know they're by, they're selling the devices and they're not actually you know since they're not getting qualified or accepted into the actual stores they're actually loading them because there's a huge quantity of um, content so I think that there's some great potential there um, I definitely think it's never been intended for education we're all trying to make it fit um, but I do think if I were to choose the difference between bringing a rift in the classroom that has all the wires and computer and training, yeah, I would never do that. I mean, there's going to be very specific targeted groups that would, that would apply to, but that's, I love it. I think that, um, a couple of things that I noticed, I got sick a lot with a go. So when I've had to write reviews and write ups on articles for it, I'll go in and do some snapshots and stuff. And I noticed that I would get sick and I don't get you know, I don't get like car sick very easily, um, but I've never felt that with a Quest. So I know that the quality, um, they've kind of essentially put the resolution into each lens. And so the view is, is I think, uh, tracks better. Um, I think the movement helps instead of just sitting there and looking, getting up, yeah. walking. I think our brains handle that a lot better. I do want to just point out that it's thir- ages 13 and up. So um, hmm. if you're looking at your level, that's great. But if you're looking at elementary, I think that there's other options you need to consider. Uh, I love that there's no cords. I think it's a game changer as someone that has a, a rift. So experiences and, and I've brought my rift to school, which, you know, is an elementary school. Uh, it's dangerous. I mean, people are like, I can't, I can't believe you actually did this. But I'm like, it's worth it. I mean, the kids just lose their minds. But I can I can see Quest being just out of this world, changing everything because uh, of the 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 note. It's that it's tetherless now. It's it's gonna. I think it's gonna be great. Um, Kev, you recently picked up a Vive Pro. I actually thought you had gotten it a little early. You you had hinted you got it yesterday. So hopefully you've had some time to just take it out of the box and look around at it. Um, but so so compare i mean and this is great that we can maybe compare the two because the they are kind of the the latest and greatest from the two kind of big vr you know companies what do you what do you think of the vive pro yeah you know i think it's one i don't expect any i mean even myself it's it's expensive you know i mean especially opposite and and it's 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 a beast but yeah. um to create enterprise level apps it's big but the biggest thing on it is of course they 
partnered with Topi and have the eye tracking built into it. So that's the very curious I have because I have a ton and ton of research from Moment of, you know, from what I couldn't do two years ago, which I could practically do now and build that into it. So that's that's probably the the biggest difference. And the practical thing, I think Oculus Quest wins. It's just awesome. Like like what Jamie said in the examples, just like, hey, you guys want to do VR? Like if I did it right now, I'd have to take it. I'm like, oh, everyone watch out the wires right here. Here's the room set up for <laughs> everything right here where Quest is just like, just go. And that I love that because it's it's easy to adopt to it as people that are not VR friendly type of thing as well. So, but the Vive Pro is it, it's awesome. It's a beast, you know. And it, it um, I have the Vive One developer package, which is pretty much it's the same thing. But um, you know, the dif- difference isn't alone just in the hardware. It's just like there's there's headsets built in. I think I feel that this one's a little more comfortable. But the bad thing is, yeah, it's like with the Quest come out, you're like, oh, it's it's a wired system. It's almost like it's it got outdated overnight. I'm just like, yeah, it's. You know, I, I could buy the whole wire, um, wireless headset tracking or whatever and make this, you know, but that's obviously spending more money and spending more money. It's just like, why don't you get the Oculus Quest? So you're going to a lot of people probably talking about that um, yeah. in the next couple months as well. It's funny how much uh, just going wireless has completely changed the game. And in uh, and it's the Vive Pro is next gen. Like, it's serious business. Uh, like you said, enterprise level. And it's like, but why are there wires now? Right. <laughs> and it, this was like a week and it's changed because of people are going to feel definitely uh, spoiled, I guess. Um, where can people get in touch with you guys, Kev? How can people find out about Moment? And then, Jamie, where can people go to continue to learn from you? Um, well, one, I prefer telepathic powers. So if you have telepathic Beautiful. powers, be me anytime. <laughs> yeah. That would be perfect. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, you could go always reach me at. Um, if you want to, my email, kchaya at gmail.com. It's my only email account. I refuse to have 50 email accounts like I did before. Mm. I, I funnel everything in there. You can ask me anything from moment questions all the way to, hey, Kevin, <laughs> we want to give you a billion dollars because you're amazing. Like whatever the, whatever the <laughs> spectrum is, go for it. But um, otherwise, if you want to check out moment, um, I tell people the easiest thing is to go to their Merge Cube page. They have this little thing called miniverse.io, which is like their little bunker full of apps that work on the Merge Cube. And actually, Moment's the first one on there. It's free. You can download it. And actually, my contact info is all in, within the app itself. But from I like to tell the Miniverse because I have a lot of friends that build apps as well. Their apps has, are, are in it as well. So um, I would say go through there. That's more appropriate. And um, yeah, enjoy. Yeah, for me, um, you could reach me at arvrinedu.com. So arvrinedu.com. Um, and both of us are on social channels. I think we respond fairly quickly. Um, and you can always find us at hashtag ARVR and EDU on Twitter every Wednesday night, um, on the Twitter chat. So that's a great community to jump into and whether you're a lurker or active user. Yeah. I'll stick at that. The Twitter, the Twitter is the one to be at. Twitter's fun. I like that. Kevin and Jamie, thanks so much for joining us. This has been awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah, thanks for having us here. Thanks for listening to On Education. My name is Mike Washburn. My co-host is Glenn Irvin. Want to get in touch with us? Check out our website at oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. Glenn is at Irv Spanish on Twitter. I can be found on Twitter at Mr. Washburn. You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash oneducationpod. We're also on Instagram at oneducationpod. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we'd be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or on the Google Play Store. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost. This helps others discover the show. We want to thank our presenting sponsor, Classcraft, for supporting us. Check out classcraft.com slash oneducation to learn more about them. Thanks, as always, for listening. Stay awesome. See you soon.